Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome.
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you have not had the chance to check out our first book, The 13-Step Guide to Success, it is available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback forms. If you're going through some hard times, you do not have to go through this alone. Phone a friend and chat it out. If you don't want to talk to a friend because you're embarrassed, call the crisis hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you are a veteran or military member, press option one. Uh, do not make a permanent solution to temporary problems. If you are a new listener, we appreciate you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Also download the Military Broadcast Radio app to follow our family of shows and to subscribe to us on YouTube under the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with the latest episodes of the Misfit Nation and also allow you to hear amazing stories of guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a certified event producer and creator of popular programs such as the Powerful Event Process and the Ultimate Event Planner Certification Program. Producing events as large as 2,000 attendees and collaborates with many well-known celebrities such as Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, David Nagel, Dr. Claire Zamet, Bill Barron, Allison J. Prince, Josh Turner, and many more. She assists Speak to Sell clients to be extremely profitable with their events, generating over $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. That's a lot of money. In fact, her, her clients have made over $24 million in revenue, adding over 3,500 new clients to their businesses and tra- changing their lives, changing the lives of over 8,500 attendees. Grace and Ease Productions Incorporated handles all planning, execution, and implementation of virtual, live, and in-person events to create experiential, revenue-generating, and exciting events for attendees. So without further ado, let's welcome Shay Wheat to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Shay. What's up? How's it going, Rich? Good. How are you? I'm phenomenal. Thank phenomenal. you. Phenomenal. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You're going to have a, an outlook on life. Why not have it be phenomenal? It has to be positive and has to be moving forward. That's great. <laughs> yes. I know I just said a lot about you here. Uh, I gave, a, I guess, half your biography there. If you want to go into depth uh, as far back as you want to go to how you got into this business, and share that with the Misfit Nation, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Um, Back in the day, I was not in the best of places. I was still trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my world and in my life and what's next steps. I'm, you know, like playing with energetic healing and becoming a Reiki master. I was speaking, I was in network marketing. I was like a little bit of everything. (laughs) And I actually had a speaking engagement um, where it was like multiple speakers talking about new year, new you. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to talk about appreciation marketing and sending out love and sending out cars because that was the network marketing company I was with, right? And so the guy that had my mic before me, I'm like, hey, dude, don't go spinning on my mic. And he's like, you're funny. Who the heck are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, you know, we get to chatting and come to find out he was the lead education director of Dr. Oz's nonprofit. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wow, I just met um, his sister, Saval at Maria Shriver's women's conference when she was the first lady of California. And he's like, that's crazy. She's best friends with our CEO and we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. And I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, that's how I got started in becoming an associate producer 
for events. And then it just kind of picked up from there. I just was like, hey, I'm kind of good at this. Uh, Mine out, find out some more. How can I build this as a business? And uh, found some people to help me and coach me. And then they turned around and said, can you produce our events for you? And I said, sure. And uh, became a referral-based business ever since. Wow. I mean, it happened almost by accident. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Not a lot of people could say I bumped into someone and wound up having this accidental career start. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of found me, you know, it's like you just keep saying yes. And the opportunities keep presenting themselves. And I just always have the mindset of it's all figure outable. (laughs) So I'll say yes, and I'll figure it out. And it led me in the right direction so far. That's outstanding. And I mean, you're doing well, obviously, with with all the money you're generating for your clients. And I'm sure you get a little bit of that back and somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. You're not getting paid with <laughs> smiles, I hope. <laughs> yeah, lots of hugs and <laughs> high fives. High or fives air, air fives and, in know, the last two years. Dinner every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> None of that expensive dinner though. So. Right. No, no. Let's come on in, now. In and out burger or something. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I'm all for in and out burger. See that? <laughs> so if there's a small business, what type of event should they do to get going in their in their business? Yeah, so it's actually quite fascinating that there's 17 different types of events that someone can be doing in their business. And the reason we're going to be looking at events in the first place is to support you in gaining leverage, scaling your business, um, increasing your reach increasing your marketing, and you're going to include that as a part of your business plan. So depending on where you're at in your business, if you're brand new, you're starting out, you're in phase one of your business, really the goal of phase one is you just freaking need to make money. Like, let's be honest, right? You're, you're brand new. You're figuring out who the heck is my audience? How am I going to support them? You're in the validation phase. Okay. And in the validation phase, your goal is to get clients, get them crazy awesome results, rinse and repeat. So you really shouldn't be doing events in phase one. And so that's kind of one of the biggest mistakes that I see for people looking at producing events or hosting events is they want to start way too early. Get them crazy awesome results, move on to phase two. When you move to phase two, that's where you start getting the visibility, okay? In visibility, your goal is to start using free platforms. So you mentioned I mentioned earlier those 17 different types of events. That is 90-minute workshops, summits, retreats, masterminds, one-day sales and enrollment events, three-day sales and enrollment events, seminars, podcasts, meetups, Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives. Those are events. I don't know if you guys realize that. Like that's actually also an event. Um, Clubhouse rooms are events, conferences, challenges, hackathons, conventions, trade shows. 17 different types of events that you're going to be utilizing in your business at different phases of your business. So in that visibility phase, that phase two, that's when you're going to start using the free platforms those Facebook lives, those clubhouse rooms, those Instagram rooms, because you're just now making some money. You're probably, you know, at a point where you're 
wanting to build up to $5,000 a month consistently, you can't be going and spending $75,000 to produce an event, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be frugal? <laughs> you want to like crawl before you walk, before you run. Definitely. So that, that would be my su suggestion. If you're somebody brand new, you want to start looking at those free events, free platform events, and really dial in what it is that you're offering, how you end up supporting your audience, um, what are they gaining out of connecting with you? What is their pain point? How do you support them and get them crazy awesome results? Sweet. And I think Insta, LinkedIn now has a live thing to feature, I believe. I think it just started. LinkedIn events. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, that'd be another sure. one. You said hackathon. What is that? Hackathon. Um, those are more for like our techs, okay. our techie people. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, hacking into things. And... Wow. Little stars yeah, around it's, it. It's actually kind of cool. Like they, they set it up to a point where, you know, they're creating something or they're developing something, they're hacking something new, creating it. It's, it's kind of a, a different fun event for those in that space. So not overthrowing a government, but just finding new technologies. Oh, new technologies, <laughs> different ways of doing things. Let's keep it on the down low. Nobody's hacking into anything, okay? All right. I put little stars there. All right, got it. <laughs> so are there any steps you need to take to gain clients through virtual events? Mm, yeah, for sure. So when you are doing, let's say you're doing a Facebook Live, okay? Um, you're wanting to have a, what we call a CTA, a call to action. In every Facebook Live, you have some type of call to action. Every, anytime you're on stage, you want to point them someplace, okay? Whether it is, you know, type, type in chat me if you can relate, right? These are small little CTAs that you're training your audience to take action and engage with you. Anytime you do an event, you are looking for engagement. You don't want to just be talking to a wall, okay? Even though it might seem like it sometimes when you're like on a Facebook Live or something and you're like, nobody's here. They're just watching me. <laughs> Hello. Hopefully somebody's getting value out of this. <laughs> That's where the engagement comes in, right? So you, you want that human interaction. You know, us here, we're having a conversation. You're essentially taking that to uh, the next level with your events. So having a call to action supports you in a number of different ways. It allows you to engage, but then it also allows you to continue the conversation after the fact. If you were to have something called an opt-in, and that is some type of free gift, so if you were to, um, you know, let's say your business was helping people get speaking gigs in their own backyard, you know, you could have an opt-in or a little gift that would be like, these are the, the top five ways to find stages in your own backyard. And so in return for somebody giving you their email address, they get the five ways. So now we're having a back and forth communication, and then you can continue the conversation further by connecting with them in email, continuing it in social media, and growing your business that way. Also known as like a little pink spoon. So like if you were to go to Baskin Robbins, 
-huh. and you're like, I want to sample the bubble gum. <laughs> I want to sample cookies and cream. They give you a little pink spoon. Right. That's what we're doing in your business is we're offering people a little pink spoon for them to learn more to see if it's a good fit to potentially do business down the road with each other. So you get them hooked on the taste and bring them in. Exactly. It's a very good move. Very I like the pink spoon idea. Let me write that down too. 32 flavors there at the Baskin Robbins. That's a lot of sampling. So that's a lot of sampling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know. You give out the sand, you're not going to give everybody 32 different flavors. They're just going to be really full. They just want, you know, three flavors and they're like, okay, great. I'm going to go ahead and buy the cookies and cream and a scoop of mint chocolate chip. Fantastic. You made a sale. Most times they'll try three and then get something totally different because they just wanted to anyway. They just wanted to figure <laughs> out why do people buy bubblegum flavored right. ice cream? Yeah. That kid ordered that. I don't know. <laughs> as a kid and you couldn't try anything <laughs> so if when you're starting your events how do you get that momentum to fill them mm, yep so there's a reason we have the different phases of event leverage um, based on where you're at in your business because if you were looking to fill an event for 50 people let's say you wanted to do a one-day event with 50 people you have to have some type of database, some type of collection of people that are interested in what it is that you're doing and want to learn more about it. The only way to do that is to start with these smaller events, build up that relationship, whether you're gaining them from the Facebook lives or the clubhouses or email lists, or you're on podcasts or you're on summits, going out and finding the masses to bring them into your space. Then you're going to stay in touch with them and you're going to make the offer to join you on one of your own events. Maybe you're there going to come to a masterclass where you're going to teach them for 90 minutes on a certain subject. From there, they're going to gain a ticket to your one day event. And maybe this is like a workshop or something where you're going to make an offering into your $3,000 program. So the way that you do this is we start with the end in mind and we break it down from there. So what is the end result we want? We want um, 50 people into our one day event. How are we going to fill the room? What we do is we create what's called a ticket map. And a ticket map is all the ways that we're going to fill the room. So if you were to draw out on a piece of paper, um, a couple of different columns, the first column would be the ticket source. That is all the ways that you're going to be filling your room. The next one is going to be, you know, who, how many people are actually going to be in that space? What is the anticipated number of people in the space? The next column is going to be the anticipated conversion. Then you have projected ticket sales and the total ticket sales. So the biggest thing is going back to that first column is all the ticket sources. Are you doing Facebook lives? Are you doing webinars? Are you doing summits? Are you doing speaking engagements? Are you doing podcasts? And then with each of those ticket sources, you go, okay, great. I'm going to do my email list and send everybody to a webinar. In that webinar, I'm expecting 30 people to come to the webinar. So that's column two, how many anticipated people. Third column is the anticipated conversion. On a webinar, that's about a 10% conversion is what we kind of see on average. 
that's going to get you three tickets into your one day event. So all you do is you fill out that ticket map, black and white, fill it out, fill it up to see how many tickets that you need to get 50 people. Just a real quick thing, Rich. Not a lot of people know this next part. You always oversell. So if I wanted 50 people in my room, I'm going to sell 60, 70, 75 tickets, knowing that some people won't show and I'll have 50 actually in the room. Oversell. That's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> kind of like the airlines do. It, yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> They do, they oversell, um, expecting people will move it or they'll change it or you know they'll adjust somehow. And when they don't, then they go, huh, um, let's move you. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to take a night off here in our town? <laughs> exactly, we'll, we'll pay for your hotel room here. Half a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half a sandwich. <laughs> so that's the best way to really kind of fill your room is to start with the end in mind what are your goals? And then break it down and then utilize tools like the ticket map to support you and really seeing what the numbers actually are. What we don't like doing is having a hope and a prayer and assuming everybody will show up. We want to be strategic with it. Okay. And so don't wait till the last second for the doors to open and look outside for the dust of cars coming. Is someone going to be at my party today? I hope so. You don't want that, that. right? <laughs> you, you don't want that. No, you, you want to know, okay, I'm expecting this people to show. And you can always do really fun things um, leading into the event too that we call stick strategies, where it's as simple as like picking up the phone call or picking up and making a phone call and saying, hey, John, um, I see that you plan on coming to my one day event on Thursday. I just wanted to double check with you and make sure that you had the location or you had the Zoom link. And did you have any friends that you wanted to invite? You know, just a real quick phone call. And what ends up happening is they go, oh my God, Rich just called me. Like Rich is the expert of this event that I'm going to. He just called me. I'm totally showing up now. I'm bringing a friend. I'm bringing a friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. Don't, don't be afraid to ask for bringing a friend either yeah <laughs> all good strategies i'm writing everything down here too so let's all forget when i'm asking questions rich is gonna have a whole business plan by the time we're done <laughs> In only 30 minutes i got this whole plan it's good <laughs> you can totally. too you can too at the end of this yeah absolutely <laughs> so over the last two years we've seen a lot of things go to just virtual and now as we're just coming out of this fog with those two years you're seeing the in-person stuff you're seeing still seeing virtual and then there's some there, they have an audience, plus they also have kind of like people on Zoom behind them or in a hybrid kind of fashion. Which way do you see all these events going in the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good question. Um, I love the virtual. We will never lose the virtual. Um, we, the way virtual was a couple of years ago is totally different than it is now right? We've oh, yeah. created virtual to be so incredibly experiential that it is like a live event. And what it's also allowed us to do is become international. So your audience can be across the States and then it can also be across the pond and right. people can still <laughs> join you, you know, especially over overseas, if they want to be up at two in the morning, <laughs> fantastic. We have it happen all the time. 
you know, I just had a client who had 26 different countries represented wow. in their event. And they, they had uh, like four or 500 people in attendance, but what they were offering in the event was exactly what they needed. So they were willing to stay up and be live and engage with the event host in order to gain that information. So virtual will never die. Um, what I am seeing is um, people are looking at the hybrid. The problem with hybrid is it is, not the easiest. It's essentially two events that you're planning at the same time. And you as the event host have to have a split brain because how you speak and interact with the virtual audience is slightly different than how you interact with the in-person audience. And what I've seen people do is they tend to gravitate towards one or the other. And then the other audience ends up feeling like the ugly stepchild. Right? <laughs> and that's not what we want. We want to engage the entire audience. So really my recommendation is if you're brand new, I, I would say start with virtual. <clears throat> Reason being is in-person costs a lot more money. Yes. You've got hotels, you've got hotel rooms, you've got food and beverage, and they're charging like $115 for a gallon of hot water. Wow. Yes. So really, I, I feel you choose one or the other. Now, if you're further along, we can have a discussion on what it would look like if you wanted to do a type of hybrid where it's like a, a virtual first type of event where you as the event host are in a ballroom and you are talking to a virtual audience. Next door in the ballroom next door is an in-person audience. And they're experiencing seeing you on the screens and everything else, but they get the in-person engagement of, you know, being at lunch together or hanging out in the hallways or doing the meeting after the meeting and being at the bar together, right? And you could set it up where VIP was in that space with you and could interact with you personally at the end of the night as well. So those are a couple of things that I'm, I'm actually seeing in the space right now. So kind of the way I was thinking as well. I know uh, last year my wife had to do, she's a teacher. So she had to, they made her do basically a hybrid there because there was, you know, parents who opted out of classrooms and kids had to go to classrooms, those parents who wanted them in classrooms. So she was having that same issue. Either she was ignoring the kids in the classroom or ignoring the kids that were on the, the nine inch screen in front of her. So right. it, it was like nearly killing her to do both things because she likes to engage her students stuff and, and feel it. I think virtually, once you get the feel of it, you can see what people are doing and kind of gauge how their reactions are based on that. In person, of course, you can see all the body language. You can see if someone's falling asleep. You can see if they're uh, fidgeting or messing around with their feet. But I think if you start getting used to doing the virtual event, you'll be able to find those same uh, tips and techniques of watching people's faces, watching their reactions to see what they're doing. Have you had any uh, training on how to watch people, I guess, and virtually to see what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We, we like using platforms where they can actually see them versus some of the platforms where it's more of like the avatars or right. just the audio versions. We like to use the ones where we can see them because we also use 
um, what we call like emoji sticks and stuff. So, you know, we can <laughs> do fun things where it says like, yes, girl, or, you know, this one has what the duck on it, you what know, cause duck. she did a what the duck cooking school. <laughs> and this is a way that the audience can engage with the speaker themselves, right? So they're like, ching yes, tell me more. Even though they're muted, they can still say, yes, I get it, I'm with you. You know, I've got little heart emojis and little banks and, you know, I get it <laughs> signs and all kinds of things where they, if anything, they engage more on virtual than they do in person because they've also got chat ability. So right. they can agree with you, or if you had a golden nugget, or if you said something super profound, you have people actually creating community together and putting those notes in the chat and engaging with each other going, oh, that was good. Drop that bomb again, drop <laughs> those diamonds. Like, yes, tell me more right. without actually having them unmute themselves, which is, it's fascinating to watch behind the scenes because we'll create studios where we've got Zoom attendees on multiple screens. I mean, I've had 15 Zoom rooms that I've put linking all of them together, having oh, wow. 100 people in each of them. <laughs> Whew, it was intense on the tech side, I'll tell you what, but so phenomenal to watch 15 different screens of 100 people in each of them just loving on you or, you know, getting it or, you know, telling you, wait, go back. I didn't understand that piece. It was, it's phenomenal. And this, the, the vibe of it, totally different than in person, but still really connected, which is fascinating. And I think a lot of times people, when they go to a virtual event, they're more likely to say something or make a move because they're not embarrassed by someone sitting next to them saying, oh, that person's always doing something. There's no one next to them. So they can do the thumbs up. They can clap. They can, they can say, they can speak up. Because no one's around them to yell at them unless their dog's next to them. But they, they have no embarrassment features around them. It's just mm -hmm. them and their computer they're talking to. Mm -hmm. So they, that takes that whole barrier away from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely true. Because, you know, they are a little bit more free. Because right. if you're sitting next to somebody at the table <laughs> and you're like, yes, go on. And they're like, I'm trying to take notes right here. Thank you very much. You? Like, <laughs> calm down. It wasn't that amazing. <laughs> but here in your house, you're like, yes, get it. <laughs> you're throwing shoes across the room. It's good. <laughs> All kinds of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. But no one cares because it's your house. Because <laughs> it's your house, for right. sure. And, and the great thing is you can just go to bed and not have to worry about paying for hotel rooms or anything else or a plane ticket to get there especially if you're overseas, right? Exactly. Yes. And that saves a lot of money when you're overseas. A lot of money. Yes. <laughs> so well, speaking of money, how do you make money with an event, virtual or in person? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So we take a look at um, hosting events where you are actually going to be making an offer. Okay. Um, so just like the free events, you were making an offer to your little pink spoon or to your free opt-in. When we end up getting used to it and you're increasing in your phases and you're going through the levels of the phases of, of business and event leverage, you'll get to the point where you'll do a one-day event or a workshop or a retreat or a three-day event where you're going to make an offer to your audience. Now, depending on the type of event also depends on the price level 
that you're going to be making um, to that audience. We know that a percentage will always say yes if it is your right fit client and it, it is exactly what it is they're looking for. So there is structure to the way that we go through the phases because phase one is you're figuring everything out. You're getting them crazy awesome results. By the time you get to phase four and phase five, you have that dialed in. You know exactly what they want. You know exactly what their pain is. You know exactly how you can support them. And you have testimonials in order to showcase it's not just me saying how great and amazing I am. It's, you know, all of these hundreds of people that I've been able to support along the way. So what we do is we end up um, creating the event where it takes them on this journey of learning certain aspects of what it is that you teach. And what we know is that people will pay to go faster, right? So in the event, we're giving them crazy awesome value. We're giving them actionable steps. But we also know that people need accountability. And if you're offering a program that supports them in, so back to my example before, if we were helping you um, get stages in your own backyard, your program could be actually doing a retreat where you walk them through getting those stages, making the phone calls. What is the script, right? Um, it could be figuring out their signature talk so that they know how to make those offers from a stage. Those are all the actionable things. Now I can tell you these are the steps that you need, but actually coming in and doing it with me and having my eyeball on it, that's where the accountability comes in. And that comes with a price, right? So we can make a $4,000 offer at our one day event and know that if we have 50 people, we, let's just do some math real quick, right? So if we had 50 people in the a room and we had 20% of them say yes, that's 10 people saying yes to your offer at $4,000, that's $40,000 that you made in one day. That's hard to live with. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, right? Yeah. How many times would you do that one day event over and over and over again? 52. <laughs> <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> Once a week, right? Yeah. But you would take the steps of, you know, filling the room and doing your ticket map every single time that you fill your event in order to get those 50 people. So I see people do it once a quarter, you know? So then you do that for four quarters, you make an 160K for the year. That's pretty good. I mean, you can't complain yeah. about it. Unless, yeah. you, unless you're just a complainer. But. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, that's how we really support our clients in taking a look at what is what does it look like to not only support the dreams that you have for you and your family, but also the lives that you're going to be changing. Right. So if it was 20 people um, and every single program, you did that for four quarters, you're changing 80 people's lives in a year. Right. And then they'll give, they'll give you referrals, too. So and they. Mm -hmm. If you get exactly. the success story with them, they'll tell two friends and two friends and so on and so on. And yep. someday you won't have to work anymore. Yeah, exactly. That works for me. <laughs> so in my former job, we used to have uh, three day events once a quarter, basically to bring in new people and motivate them to do things in their communities. And we had a, we had a great event planner and I mean, she'd be stressed out out of her mind. 
Uh, during the weekend, and I mean, her weekend would start on Wednesday. We'd get there Thursday night or Friday. And by the time we left, she'd leave on Monday. But the events were chaotic. If you were from the outside looking in, it looked like it was smooth as smooth as this strawberry ice cream. But if you're on mm-hmm. in the inside looking out, yeah, it's nuts. Everyone's, oh, my God, we're going this way, that way. As a small business, I mean, we talked about the, the free platforms for IG or Facebook and even mm-hmm. LinkedIn Live. Mm-hmm. Once you get past those, is it better for you or more advantageous to hire a certi- certified event producer? Yeah, it really is because you'll start going from a one man or one woman show to having team, right? And your team is going to be supporting you in getting the speaking gigs and getting the podcast and getting the summits and all the ways that you're going to be filling the room and growing your audience. And then you'll probably have like a customer service or client care person that's helping the people that are actually in your program learn the things they need to or get the information they need to go through your modules. That's who you're hiring them to be and do in your business. You don't hire them to actually run and produce your event. And so that's where a certified event producer comes in is we come in for, you know, depending on the the size of the event, if you're going to do a three-day event, like you mentioned, we're going to come in three months before the event at least and help you plan out what it looks like. We're going to do 17 plus different calls. We're going to spend probably a hundred hours ourselves working on your event and supporting your team and getting the pieces that they need to make it so you can focus on what you're supposed to be doing. Your job when you're looking at producing an event is not to be wondering what's the catering going to be and who's the AV team and <laughs> right uh, what's the color this slide should be you know your job is to find your people and bring them in and once you have them in what is the experience that they're going to have while they're with you and then give them the invitation to continue working with you should they choose to right if it's a good fit that's your job. Our job is to support you in shining on stage. So it's kind of a a yin and a yang in a sense. You're front of the room. I'm back of the room. I'm making sure everything's handled so that you can focus on what you're supposed to do and really love on your audience. So uh, yes, I would say bring on somebody to manage all of the details, manage your team, move things forward, guide and direct you on what needs to happen next, because this is not your everyday world. This is our everyday world. We live and breathe this. We got you. Hired a certified event producer to handle the chaos for you so you can actually be present with your audience. It's great. Absolutely. And, you know, we do it with grace and ease. Grace and ease. That's what I mean, there's a website called that. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if we're scaling these events, say it's a hundred person event and live event, or is there like package rates that you do for the smaller events up to a larger event and what comes with each package? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on Uh, a couple of different factors. You know, how many people are you looking to have? Are you doing a virtual event? Are you doing an in-person event? Are you doing a one day? Are you doing a three day? Uh, Are you doing a summit? Um, That will determine, you know, what level we're going to be able to support you with, 
right? Are you wanting somebody who, you know, you've done this a number of times before, you've got a, a big enough team and you just need somebody to come in and implement and tell your team what they need to do? Or do you need to have somebody like myself come in and go, okay, this is the strategy, this is the structure, this is what we need to change your offer to, to make sense that this is the end result that we want to have. Um, you know, so I'll come in and I'll do strategy or I'll come in and do um, some consulting. And if you just go, Shay, I just want you personally to handle it because I know you just had a client that created $2.1 million. Um, I want that. Then, okay, great. We can look at that too. <laughs> I mean, if you have to. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> happy to support. You have to be there. And so for the virtual events, what did, what's all the backside stuff that you guys would do for a virtual event? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're actually going to take a look at a number of different things. And I'm going to pull up one of my, my call schedules here. <laughs> so we'll do um, our vision. I'll kick off call. You know, like, what are all the goals? What is your team? What is the ticket map needing to look like? Then we're going to look at your marketing and your strategy and are we doing any swag? Because if we're doing physical swag, we have to start early enough to get things ordered. But how are you filling the room? Then we're going to look at your enrollment strategy. What does your team look like? Do you have a sales team? Um, what are your offer goals? Are you doing welcome lunches? Are you doing inspirational panels? Um, what are the protocols? What systems do you have in place? Then we're going to look at budget. Woohoo! Budget, but it's important. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah. you want to know the numbers, right? We right. want to make sure that it makes sense. Um, then we're going to take a look at the AV and the tech because it's virtual. You know, are we doing it on one Zoom? Are we doing it in a studio? Are we creating a studio in your own space? What does that look like and what are the requirements? So then we're going to, you know, source the AV teams for you and go, these are our recommendations, you know, which one feels right for you. Then we're going to start taking a look at your run a show, which is your agenda. What is the flow of the event? And we do a couple of different run a show calls. We do a simple one and we do a detailed one. Simple one is higher level where we, what are the themes each day? What are the big rocks? What is, you know, starting with the offer in mind and we work backwards on how we place each of them. And, and it's there's um, a whole system to how we actually set up the event so it flows properly into your offer. Uh, then we're gonna look at the print and the product and the design and the, you know, all of, it's like, it's crazy, right? The amount of things that we're looking at for you on your, on your behalf. Um, and then it gets to the point where we're going, detailed run a show, AV run a show, lint, like little things of opening minute by minute. I kid you not. My spreadsheets, I love my spreadsheets. A lot of my event hosts do not. And they go, just tell me what I'm supposed to do right now. Got you. Right. But I'm going with the AV team going opening video, cut to this. We're now going here. We're showing the dashboard. We're going into the Facebook. We're doing, you know, it's like minute by minute, beat by beat calling the show okay it's a production right. on the back end you just get to show up and do what you do best right and have fun with it <laughs> so yeah there's a number of different calls and um things leading into the event to support it so that it is a powerful and profitable event for you because it doesn't make sense if it's not 
Exactly. And, and vice versa, you still have to eat. So that's where that budget piece comes in in the beginning. <laughs> yes. 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 You know, you we want your team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, I've had people go, oh, I want to spend $15,000 on decor. And I'm like, okay, but the decor may or may not help support you in closing sales. And what is the objective? You know, it's pretty. It would look lovely in photos, but I could probably give you the same outcome for $5,000 instead of 15 and save you that money. You know, and we can, (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about saving my clients money, you know, and that's part of what you use pay us to look at is, you know, is this silly to be paying $175 for a domain? Yes, it is. Don't do it. I will find you a different domain for $12, right? That's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Shay, we've talked about a lot of stuff, uh, getting your business going step-by-step, step, how to go to your events from that we talked about the, the freebies on Facebook and Instagram, growing your base, grow your base. What advice would you give to that new entrepreneur coming out? The veteran just opened his business or her business and they want to start scaling to an audience and then grow to where they have you come in and make the live production or virtual production. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first step is really knowing what phase of business you're in right now. Um, so my suggestion was, Okay, are you in phase one? Are you in phase two, three, four, or five? Based on that, you're going to you're going to have your next steps of going. Okay, if I'm in phase one, my objective is to go and get ten clients, get them crazy awesome results, make them an offer, rinse and repeat, until I can get to the point where I'm making enough money to move into phase two, and then I'm going to start doing those smaller um, free platform type of events still having call to action, still growing your list. Uh, and then you'll move on to three, four, and five. So really the first step is figuring out what phase of business that you're in, rock out that phase and get to the next phase. Eventually you wanna get to phase four and five when you have you know, a thriving business and it's not just you and you, you're supporting people all around the world with your gifts. And really honestly, I see this every single time with my clients is they go, oh, but, you know, so-and-so also does this, you know, similar thing that I do. And it's like, yeah, and not everybody is going to resonate with that other person. And they are looking for you. They are looking for specifically you because only you can support them in getting them where they need to go because they resonate with you. You know, you both are the same kind of unicorn, <laughs> right? So uh, I, it just kind of boggles my mind that people are like, oh, well, I don't know. It's like, no, 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 you must. And how dare you not step into <laughs> that bigger vision for yourself, right? Right. Like all, what, what's the term again? Your vet. Vetrepreneur. Vetrepreneurs. Yeah. All of your vetrepreneurs, like you all have amazing messages and background and skill set that is needed in this world that only you can deliver. So my, my wish for you is to, you know, figure out what your phase of business that you're in right now and keep progressing through those phases 
in order to support yourself, your family, as well as your audience, because they need you. Awesome. And Shay, how does someone get in contact with you to have your team make them be the best people they can be on their shows? Yeah, absolutely. So we're on social media. So you can look for Grace and Ease Productions. You can look for Shay Wheat. Um, and if you actually want to know what the phases are, if you go to fivephases.info, that's the number five versus spelling out five, five phases with an S info dot, dot info, excuse me, five phases dot info. Um, I've got it all laid out for you. I've got a flow chart that will tell you exactly where you're at and also the steps to get to the next phase so that you can grow your business, your audience, and your wealth all at the same time. Awesome. Uh, Shay, thanks again for taking some of your time to hang out with us here and uh, letting the Misfit Nation know what they need to do to be better in their, their work life and uh, successful in their businesses. Thank you. It's been an honor. Pleasure. It's been great having you on here. Have a good night. Where do I turn to when there's no choice to make? And how do I presume when there's so much at stake? I was so sure.
You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... Fit, 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 fit Nation.